We are in a uh, study in the book of Hebrews, and I've entitled it Arrested Development, and it's not after the TV show, although it kind of maybe parallels with it in a sense, but Arrested Development really kind of goes with some somebody or a person who's not continuing to develop, they're stuck. A person that's not, you know, continuing to grow in the maturity, uh, or something within their life physically or whatever has got them stuck at a place where uh, it's not kind of normal or healthy, okay? And I think I think that's what the author of Hebrews is doing here to the to his audience he's saying hey man you're stuck you're 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 going backwards you're going back to some place that is not where you need to go and you're and you're really missing the concept now as a communicator i'm telling and i recognize this and i kind of chuckle at myself but i know that it's not funny in a sense but i know that when i can become passionate about something like teaching i can turn it on like a fire hose and just blast people, you know, because I get so excited and people, I think, look, think, what's he so angry about? You know, it's like, it's, I just get passionate. I get wrapped up in it. And I think that's what, uh, when you read Hebrews, I think that's what the author does here. Cause I mean, he just turns it on at the onset in chapter one. I mean, he just comes at it with both barrels and just un, unleashes. And, and, and really it's, he's saying, look, you can't go back to the old way. You're, you're, you're confused. You're missing it. You're missing, uh, the whole, you're missing the whole concept here. And so he starts by taking Jesus and elevating Jesus where he needs to be elevated. And he's saying Jesus is much greater than the angels. You know, you believe that the angels, uh, you know, in the Old Testament we read that, you know, and they believe that the angels brought the, uh, you know, the, the, the law to Moses on the mount, on Mount Sinai, uh, and things like that. And angels would deliver certain proclamations. How did the, how did the, uh, shepherds know that the Christ child was born? There we go. We're not in December, so everybody's like, uh, Jesus, you know. Anyhow, um, that's usually the given answer for anybody in church when you ask a question. Right? Yes. Write that down. That will help you. Anytime, just any question, just shout out Jesus and you got 50%, you're going to get it right. Okay? There we go. You just won. Um, so anyhow, uh, shot, the, the, the angels, angels would often come and deliver messages. That's, that was their role. Okay? He, the author of Hebrews is saying, hey man, we've got something so much greater than that. We've got, oh, there we go. That, that, that was, that, that was so corny, but it really felt good to see you guys do that, okay? Uh, anyhow, so the author is saying, we have Jesus. We have the Son of God. We have someone who served, at, who has served as, you know, uh, a priest, prophet, and now king. You know, and he's saying, why go back? Now I want, I want to uh, pick up in chapter two here. And it's very interesting, and there's some, there, this is a very exciting teach. I'm very excited to teach this, uh, because there's, there's a thing here that as we get into it, it just really kind of comes alive, I think, and hopefully you do too. But, uh, in chapter two, and I want to read verses one through four, and if you're following with me in Hebrews, if you would, um, in chapter two, starting with verse one, it says this, for this reason, what reason? He's the son of God. He is the Son of God. He is above all. He is seated on the right-hand side of God. He has completed all things. He sat down. He is king. For this reason, for this reason, we pay attention. That's what he's saying. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. They're drifting. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more 
for, to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. Verse 2, for if the message spoken through angels was legally binding, the law, if that message was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken by the Lord. And it was confirmed to us by those who heard him, okay? Referring to Jesus as Lord. This salvation is, is, uh, uh, this salvation at its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. So, First of all, the writer here is saying, the writer here is saying that we've got something so much greater. Mark, don't advance yet, because I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna speak a few moments to something, and then we're gonna go to that next slide. But the author here of Hebrews is saying this. Hey guys, Jesus is above the angels. And the angels supposedly delivered the law to Moses, and back here in the Old Testament. And if the law had such, um, uh, recompense attached to it when you broke it, how much more is it that we need to be very careful not to neglect this message, this revelation that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ? Now, if we would go back to Deuteronomy 6, let's do that for a second very quickly. Go back to the front of your Bible to Deuteronomy and flip to chapter 6 very quickly, okay? This is a passage that we use... Often, but I want you to I want you to take a look at this real quick. Just Deuteronomy chapter six, just real quick. It says this. This starting in verse one. This is the command, the statutes and ordinances, the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. Moses teaching this to the people. They receive the law. Moses saying, "This is what God has given me to teach you." He says. This is the command of statutes and ordinances. The Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that what? So that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands I'm giving you, your son and your grandson, and so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful To follow them. Why? So that you may prosper and multiply greatly. Because the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. The author of Hebrews is saying this. He's he's taking them back to the law. And he's saying the law attached to it, if you broke any part of that law, had some major recompense. Okay? Okay? If you transgress, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but if you would transgress against the law, it had some major recompense, punishment attached to it, okay? And he's saying, if that, if that has that attached to it, 
then what is this going to have attached to it where Jesus, the Son of God, has brought a revelation of who God is, is coming and teaching and giving us this final revelation. How much more would this have attached to it? If we ignore, if we drift, if we neglect the commandments or His salvation, okay? Now back here in the law, what does it promise to do? God gives them the statutes. God gives them this law for what? So that they would be blessed. So that if they would follow it as His people, if they would take it, if they would memorize it, if they would teach it to their kids, if they would teach it to their grandkids, if they would continue to teach and teach and teach and teach, this law would help them in a sense, and all of this, all this does is point to Jesus at some point, okay? Every piece of the Old Testament points to Jesus. The, the law would never ever be able to fulfill salvation. It was always pointing to Jesus. But back here, God is saying, if you follow this, you will be blessed. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity and health and wealth and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about where we live a life that's blessed by God. God, there are the reasons why God directs us to live certain ways. There are reasons why God, and, and, and when we study the Bible, it teaches us to do certain things and not do certain things. And it's not a do and don't type of situation. It's more of a relationship, but there is a reason behind things. I think there was a reason why that God said, don't eat pork. Don't eat these things back here. They didn't have any pres- means of preservation. They were a nomadic type of people at the time. They had no way of preserving that makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that if they had no uh, no way of preserving certain meats and things like that, that if they would abstain from that, they would live, right? That just makes sense. God said, I will bless you. I will bless your family. I will take you into a land where you won't be servants. This is the land that I've promised you. Jesus comes on the scene in the New Testament and He says this, I have not come to abolish the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. Jesus is saying this, follow me and see what happens. Follow me and see what happens with with your life. Follow me. Follow me. Understand me. Understand what I'm teaching. Understand my commandments. Love me with everything that you've got. The most intense love you have and possess right now is probably for your parents. And and that love should seem like hate for the amount of love that you're going to have for me. Pick up, deny yourself. Deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. Deny yourself. The things that you think is going to bring life. The things that you think is going to bring sustenance within your life. Completion. Significance. Things that you think is going to bring a completeness there, it's not going to. I'm the one that's going to do that. Through me, through me, you will experience life and life to the fullest. Does that not sound like the law? He's come to fulfill the law, and that he did. Not abolish it, but to fulfill it. And the author of Hebrews says this, get off the law. And focus on Jesus. And if the law had its recompense, how much more would this great salvation over here that Jesus is saying, I'm going to bring you life. I'm the one that's going to, I'm the one that's going to bring you life and life to the fullest. Men and women sitting in here today, every single one of us wants 
the premise of what Jesus is offering. There's not a single person sitting in here that says, you know what? I really want to go through my life feeling devalued, stripped of dignity, and just feeling like an idiot that can't contribute. I highly doubt there's someone sitting in here in their right mind that would say, that's the life I want. Every single one of you sitting in here wants happiness. You want fulfillment. You want to, deep down, you want to feel like you're making a contribution. Whether it be in your family, whether it be in society, whatever role it is, your church, whatever it is, you want to feel like you're making a contribution. Every single one of us are looking for the, we are, we're looking for the same thing. And the Bible, Jesus talks about it over and over and over again. If you follow me, I will fulfill everything that you're looking for. That's the nature of that drive, that hunger, that thirst inside of you can only be fulfilled by me. It's placed in you by me. There is a void there created in the garden and it's fulfilled by me. The author of Hebrews is saying this. Guys, he's here. He's here. And he's fulfilled that law, that drive that's going to give you life. He's going to give you healing. And when I say healing, it could be physically. It could also be emotional. He's going to give you, every single one of us sitting in here today, he is going to give us new meaning. The problem is many of us are so distracted and we're so deceived that we need to reboot. We need to have a a, a system reboot, right? We need to literally have this new system, this this like a computer. We need to have a new system uh, installed. We need to be an update. We need to be in the 4.0 when we're back here in the 1.5s, right? We need to have a complete overhaul of our system and learn that the way we're thinking is not going to fulfill what we're truly, truly searching for. Some of us fight that our whole lives. Some of us date Jesus. We're bought in a little bit, but not fully. And that means you're not bought in at all. Jesus says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. And that's when you're going to experience life and life to the fullest. That's what these guys are looking for. But they're distracted and they got off track. And the author of Hebrews is turning on the fire hose to say, Dude, you're missing it. You're missing it. It doesn't get any better than this. And he eloquently puts Jesus in the proper place he needs to be. Now, what's very interesting, in this passage of Scripture, there are a couple terms that I think we kind of skate over and just kind of read through pretty quickly. Those two terms are, are these right here. And one of them means, the first one means to pay attention to, okay? To pay attention to. This is in our reading to pay attention to, and the other one means slipping past, okay? That first one's pretty much self-explanatory. He's saying, you need to pay attention here. You know, you need, he says, we must pay attention. The word that's used to translate that is this first word, and it means to pay attention to. The second one means uh, this drift that can happen, which means slipping past. This slipping past is like many of us when we have conversations at times, uh, You've been guilty of this, where you start off in a conversation, next thing you know, you're like, what were we talking about? How did we get to this point? And then you kind of track, oh, yeah, yeah, we we were over here. Something slipped, right? Something slipped past. You know, something, something, it's like we've lost, we've lost the point, right? 
We've lost the point. It's like when you're, so, whatever it is, something that just involuntarily happens, like when you're eating or something, next thing you know, you're choking, right? A piece of particle of food went down, hit your windpipe, and you can't get it out to save your life, right? At some point you do, or you wouldn't be sitting here. But nevertheless, something slipped past. It just happened. That quickly, that quickly, man. It wasn't intended. It, you had no intention behind it, but that's what happened. And the author is saying this. He's saying, don't let that happen. You've got to pay attention. You've got to pay very, very close attention. Now, the words, the other words that he's going to use here is transgression and disobedience. Okay? These two terms are very interesting because when you, when, well, I'm sorry, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up one slide, back up one more slide there. What's really interesting about these two words, this pay attention and, and then slipping past, they're used in a nautical sense too. Nautical meaning water, <laughs> right? Sailing, you know. Clearly that I don't do that, but uh, anyhow, it's used in a nautical sense, okay? And this this first one, this first one literally means to moor a ship, kind of anchor it, kind of tie it off, right? To moor a ship. The second word is used often uh, in a nautical sense of what happens is, is when the pilot kind of loses sight, kind of loses, kind of goes to sleep, He's not really paying attention. And what happens is the boat, the ship, kind of drifts off point. It drifts away. It's nothing he intended, but it drifts, it drifts away. How many of you, how many of you have ever been uh, to the ocean at a beach where the riptide is really strong? Have, you, have any of you been part of that? Where you go out on the beach, which I love the beach, and you go out and you get so far out or whatever, and there's this riptide, undercurrent, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's more of a scientific term for that. But it's this current that kind of takes you away, and you don't you don't really know what's happening. You don't really kind of you're not really aware of it sometimes, right? It's one of those times where you can be at the beach and you start off here in front of your kind of your hotel or whatever and or whatever point you're at. You start. This is where you're at. Next thing you know, it's way up there because you've kind of drifted away. You didn't really notice it. Next thing you know, it's like, holy cow, man, where am I? I'm, I've drifted away. And you try to go in. It's hard to get in at times. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Pennsylvania. Very, very unfortunate story. But um, there was a person, I, I think he might have been in his late 50s, 60 years old, okay? Been to Ocean City many times, been to the beach many times, great swimmer. I mean, could swim, all that stuff. He drowns because he got caught in a riptide, the undercurrent, and he got, and something happened, and he ends up drowning. A completely horrible, horrible story. Tragic event, on the, obviously, on the family. Just, just so sad. But that's what happens. You get caught, you get, something happens, you get caught, you drift away, you, you, you slip, you don't really, you're not really aware of it, but, the, but that's kind of what happens. It just kind of, it kind of takes place. And so there's this nautical sense, nautical sense of these two words. So literally, we could read this verse to say something like this, therefore, we must eagerly, or we must be very careful, very intentional, intentional, to anchor our lives, our lives, to to the things that we've been taught, lest we drift away. Literally, it means if you're not careful, if you don't anchor yourself, if you're not very, in, if you're not ultra intentional to things, and you're anchoring yourself 
to the things that you've been taught, especially when it comes from the Word of God, right? The word, that's not especially, but to the teachings of the Word of God. If we're not careful to anchor ourselves to the proper teachings of the Word of God, what can happen is our lives can begin to do this drift. Let me take it a step further. I can share with you many times that I've sat with married couples or one of them that has gotten themselves involved in an affair. And what they will say is this. I don't know what happened. It just happened. And some of us will say, yeah, I know what happened. This is what happened, guys. Many times you don't set out to do something, right? There's times, and if there's things that's happened within your life where you've really made some big blunders or big mistakes, how many of you said, you know what, today I'm going to go out and I want to rip my family apart? We don't say that. We don't feel that way. We don't even think that way. We don't want to go out and say, hey, I just want to destroy my wife. I just want to destroy my kids. We wouldn't, I mean, none of us probably walk out the door thinking, you know what sounds fun today is to just literally implode my family and then live in the carnage of that for a while. I don't think any one of us would ever say that. Not one of us. But yet it happens to us. It happens to many of us. And there's times where we step back and we say, I can't believe that just happened. We can rip apart somebody. We can destroy a relationship. Our mouths can just go. We can, we can gossip. We can slander. We can do all these things. And, and we say, I don't, I don't know what just happened. I don't know how that happened. Because... The author of Hebrews is saying the same thing. If we are not extremely careful and we do not have our lives anchored tightly to the right teachings, it can just take place. It can happen. We drift. We go into this drift. And it can happen. And the author is saying, you need to be very careful. You need to be extremely careful. And he goes in and he takes these two words of what happens is he talks about transgression and disobedience is what he talks about. And he says, if this takes place, this is what happens with the law and this is what happens. But, but listen to the way these words are translated. Transgression is, is, is literally, is literally translated this way. Go into the next slide. It means to, it means to step across. Okay? It means to step across. It means like there's, there's times where we step across the line. And, and, and there's times where, you know, we don't really, we, 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 there's this literal conscience, or it literally means to step across, but there's this line drawn between knowledge and conscience, okay? And the second word there means this. In disobedience to transgress, it means this. It means imperfect hearing, careless hearing, or unwillingness to hear. Disobedience means to step across. You've stepped across the line. You've stepped across the line. And it's sin. It's disobedience. Okay? Transgression means this. There's imperfect hearing. Now some of imperfect hearing means that you cannot hear that well. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a concept here that means you're deaf. It's kind of like you're deaf. You literally physically can't hear that well. I mean, you, you know, spiritually, but you, you, you literally can't hear it well. There's another one then that means careless hearing. That means you're really not tuned in. You're just kind of half listening to this, half listening to that. You're really not drilled down, man. You're not anchored in, man. You're not, you're not, you, you've got the dr- kind of the drift going on. And then the last one is this. You just plain, plain outright 
our unwillingness to hear. You've heard. You've come. You've heard. You've heard teachings. You've heard, uh, you know, about what it means to follow Jesus. You've heard about when we talk about this whole concept of dating Jesus and what happens if you just date Jesus instead of making commitment to Jesus, instead of picking up our cross, denying ourselves, picking up our cross daily and following. We've heard. Yes, 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 yes. We've heard it. Check it off the list. We've heard it. We've heard it. But there's not evidence in our lives. There's an unwillingness to truly hear where it comes down into our lives and penetrates us. You've heard what happens when you use your mouth a certain way. You've heard what happens when you conduct yourself in a certain manner. You've heard what, I mean, and, and the list goes on and on and on. The way we interact, the way we behave, the way we, our lack of days ago, commitment to Christ, commitment to, to the things, to the teachings of Jesus and all those things. So which one is, you know, the author saying, it could be either one of these. It could be one of these three. It could be that you really don't hear and you really need to tune in, you really need to hear. It could be you need to be much more careful in what you're listening to, in hearing. You're hearing the words, you're hearing the teaching, you're hearing the things of Jesus, or there could be just this flat-out disobedience where it's like you're just, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much we talk about this, that, or the other. Uh, whatever it is, when we teach the Word of God, it's like I don't, I don't buy it, so therefore I'm not. And it could be practice. You could say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in tithing. I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe getting plugged into the small I don't believe, I believe in Jesus, but I don't really believe in whatever it is. And we kind of pick and choose. We do the buffet system. And really, you're the captain of your ship and, and, and you're drifting. You're, you're drifting. So he's saying you need to be very careful and not have this disobedience to the voice of God. This whole passage is that's what he's saying. Don't neglect. Don't drift. Don't neglect. Don't drift. You've heard the teachings. You've heard the teachings. Anchor yourself to the teachings. Listen carefully. Don't lackadaisically listen. Don't think you know it all. Don't close off. Don't have an unteachable spirit. Don't be disobedient. The author is saying, if we do that, why would we ever do that? Is really kind of what he's asking, kind of the question. Why would we ever neglect or drift away from this great salvation. Why would we do that? And many of us sitting in here this morning can have this, that can, we're, we're listeners, we're, the kind of, we're in the same boat, kind of the same boat as what he's teaching. And he's saying, and, and, and we, we, we can drift. We can drift. And we can drift away from the great salvation. Now, I'm not saying you necessarily lose your salvation. But I think instead of jumping to that conclusion, I think you need to pair it way back over here because you're drifting. You're drifting. Jesus says, I've come to give life. I've come to give life. I've come to give you what you're truly looking for. I've come to give you that. You want healing? I bring healing. You want wholeness? That's what I bring. Do you want significance? That's what I'm giving. You want to feel like you have dignity? You want to not just feel, but you want to have these things. That's what I'm giving you. Don't buy into the counterfeit stuff. And the author of Hebrews is saying this. That's what he's saying. Why would you ever neglect or drift away from that great salvation? There's no other great salvation. It's rooted in Jesus Christ. Very quickly, as I close 
a worship team comes back. He ends by talking about kind of three things very quickly. He kind of goes over the origin, the transmission, and the effectiveness of this. Number one, he talks about, again and again and again, he talks about the origin. This is the teaching. This great salvation comes from Jesus Christ alone. It's not something to where we have to sit and speculate, where we have to sit and think, where we have to sit and kind of deduce or whatever it is. It's not like that whatsoever. Jesus came and and the very voice of God himself reveals himself to you through the person of Jesus Christ. To every person sitting in here, Jesus reveals himself, God reveals himself to us through the work of Jesus Christ. The transmission. We pick up the Bible, we read the Bible, we read them, we read stories, we read teachings about Jesus and his ministry from individuals, just like the the author of Hebrews is saying here, from individuals who literally walked with Jesus Christ himself. This isn't something where, you know, they're making up stories. And we could say, well, you know, you, you may be a skeptical and you may say, well, you know, some of this is kind of made up. And, you know, the one thing that I have, the one thing that I would just share with you is this. Why on earth would anyone die for a made up story? I get that we're pretty bullheaded people, right? I get that we can get in relationships and some of us can cut our nose, you know, cut our noses from our face in, in spite of ourselves, right? Where our pride digs in. Would you really die over a lie? Would you really die over a lie? I highly doubt any of us would do that. We read stories. We, not just stories, but we read about Jesus' teachings through individuals, men and women, who walked with Jesus. And when many of the New Testament uh, Gospels were written and some of the other writings... They were written just a short period after his life. So many of these individuals would have seen this person, Jesus. Okay? They may not have been one of his disciples, but they would have seen probably Jesus, or it would have been fresh. Okay? It wouldn't have been too long afterwards. It would have been very fresh. So you have the origin comes through Jesus. You have the transmission that's coming through individuals that actually walked with Jesus, or actually saw Jesus, or new people, family members, whatever, that had this connection. So there, this isn't some, you know, complete secondhand, whatever, but, but people who had, had seen his teaching. Lastly, it's effectiveness. Guys, let me tell you something. Somehow, and I don't know why, we could speculate. And I've told you this, I grew up, I was a, I grew up, in a, in a, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in the church, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I remember as a kid, and I hate to say it like this, I remember back here. But I remember as a kid seeing people walk away from some major addictions and lifestyle habits and stuff that was just killing their lives. I, I vividly recall individuals who suffered with stuff coming, having this moment with Christ, and then walking away delivered from it. Now, I, maybe it doesn't happen every single time. I get that. But I want to tell you something. One thing that I would argue over anything else when it comes to the veracity or the validity of the scriptures is this. 
I've seen how the gospel can change lives. I've seen how the gospel changed my life and continues to change my life. I've seen how the gospel, where people have allowed the gospel to become rooted into their lives, where they've surrendered to the, to the power of Jesus Christ and individuals have changed. And I want to tell you something. You want to talk about the hardest change ever. I think it's for people to change. You want to talk about the effectiveness. All of my, all of my money is on the gospel. The gospel changes lives. You surrender to the power of Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, your thinking will change. Absolutely, hands down, will change. You want to change a church? You want to change a village, a city? You want to change a country, a state, whatever? Let people start being consumed and controlled and and surrendered to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you, change will take place in that area, in that community. Let's be honest. The problem is why we don't want that is because we just don't want it. We don't want to give up certain things at times or whatever it is. I don't know. We're, we're deceived and we just we think that we're not broken. We think that everything's okay. And and, and there's always room for growth within our lives. The author of Hebrews is telling these individuals, hey guys, you're, lo- you're losing sight. You're looking in a direction that is in the wrong direction. You're starting to drift. You need to throw out the, you need to throw out the rope, man, because you need to anchor yourself. You need to moor the ship. And you need to anchor yourself into the teachings of Jesus Christ and stop drifting. Because there is no other greater salvation than Jesus Christ. Would you stand and let me pray? Let God just open yourself up to God and allow God to, to just work within your life, whether wherever you're at. Father, thank you for your, thank you for this time, this place. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence and your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would find a, a freedom in here that that just is so open for you and your presence. I pray that you would just be able to do a mighty work right now in our lives. Father, whether we need salvation, whether we need polished up and renewed, whether we just need to be refreshed, whatever it is, Father, I pray that instead of getting hung up on that, we would just come in with an openness and a, and a complete presence before you. And Father, let us bring you glory as we leave this place. I pray that you would just allow people to, to find you. I know that that's, you're, that's kind of a crazy prayer because that's what you want. It's for people to, and it's not like we got to search for you. It's literally we just got to open our eyes and see you as you reach out to us. Father, let us, let us have, open our hearts, open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual hearts. Let us see things we haven't seen before. And I pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, our Lord, our Savior, and the great salvation. In your name, amen.